uh, the street is my world. I don't, uh, I don't pretend to go uptown and be anything fancy. I can, but I find more real in the world that I'm in than I do the tinsel. And the real world is the one I have to deal with every day, you know? Uh, believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. I'm not here to take someone's head off. He leaves me an arm or foot. That's coming home. I see a big golden shiny crown, a king's crown on the head. A fun thing to hurt, you know, somebody that's willing and able. At least, at least he's not some fucking idiot trying to shave my mustache. It's not exciting for you, though, on and on. Lady, come on, lady. He's going to butcher him. Aldo is a tough, tough, tough motherfucker. It's going to be like Picasso. It's going to be a beautiful performer. My, I have, like, eyes of eagles. This is Figo Farrell here for Talking Brawls MMA at Team Rhino HQ. Delighted to be joined by Steve Lowry. How are you keeping, Steve? All good. Well, welcome to the revolution, Fig. Yeah, it's a uh, unbelievable setup here. Uh, actually, I haven't been in the new gym and it's uh, seriously decked out. Oh, Fair we, play. We're, we're ground day by day. Yeah. It's, uh, as you can hear upstairs, it's, it, it's busy up there. There's a class going on at the minute. Um, it's probably going to be the rawest podcast or chat we've ever had because, as you see, Paddy Boylan's running in and out. Or Paddy Wickstead's running in and out. Throwing names onto the, the sheet and putting money in the book. So, if there's people running out, Excuse us, this is meant to be casual. His his cardio for this fight is obviously to... Uh, <laughs> Stair ones, up yeah. and down the stairs. Paddy Wickstead in accounts, uh, very good. Right, so we've so many fights on this card, Steve. Uh, Bama 22 is the topic of conversation today, which takes place September 19th in the Three Arena. The Trina. The Trina, the old point depot, as, uh, as some of you may know it. And yeah, I mean, after what's been such a, a, a dormant period for pro fights in, in Irish MMA, obviously we've had the UFC success, we've had, you know, seen Neil's picture, Paul's picture, you know, Connor, we've had everything. And you kind of feel as if, like, it's moved, we've moved away from the traditional, your bread and butter Irish MMA. And, you know, obviously a few factors to do with that. Uh, cage warriors, cage contender, you know, both those promotions taking hiatuses. And now we're back with an absolute whopper of a card and I'm really really excited about it. Well, I'm hoping out of 21 fights or how many there is I hope most of them stay on But because for me uh, a show like this we, we haven't had it in so long and it, it's, the, the way I'm looking at it is for, for me I was always aware of what, what cage warriors were doing because they were here in Ireland they were on the ground the thing with with Bama they've never done a show here so for them to come here and put on such a big show, it, 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 it as you said, it, it's filling that void. And like Bama are going to test the waters in Ireland and they have to get to know the domestic fighters, it's the same with me. I'm, oh, not that I've never been to a live Bama event, but I can't wait to actually go to see this one now. Some of the fights that they have on are cracking. And, um, it's going to be an early start. Absolutely, and I think it's a testament to Irish MMA. You know that uh, Bama, British Association of Mixed Martial Arts, I wonder are they going to change their name or something down the line, you know, originating from uh, 
you know their their first couple of shows London Birmingham built up guys like Tom Watson had the the Tom Watson Alex Reid have uh, have put a lot of people in the UFC fell behind the Cage Warriors in later years but now they're back and it's a it's a strong testament of the strength of Irish MMA that we've literally dragged an English promotion over here and they're doing such a big card. Well, another thing to look at is the way Cage Warriors built up profiles for all these fighters, the likes of Reds, the likes of Neil, um, all the SBG guys, all these profiles were built and the Irish MMA fan had something to look at, had someone to follow and that went for so long but now it's back. You know, and all these guys are going to have profiles built, and then it, what it means is the European guys also get the spotlight on them as well from the Irish fans. The likes of Al Salander, uh, Paul Marin. I still watch Paul Marin's fight just because he fought Syria, and I thought it was an exciting fight, and I still follow him. Yeah, that's what happens. You know, so it, it's it couldn't have come any sooner, to be honest. Absolutely, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, without further ado, we'll get into it. We're going to cover. Uh, all the Irish fights, hopefully, and just have a, a, a quick comment. Some of them will go into a bit more detail, but Larry, enough sitting on the fence. I'm going to be asking you for winners. I'm going to be listening back, doing up a spreadsheet, and it'll be me against you, and we're going to have to think of something for the winner and the loser a bit further down the line, but we're, it's going to be Fig versus Larry here anyway. Right. Loser boy, the Amamori. <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, We'll kick off with a fight I was actually just made aware of on my way here, and I may regret starting with this fight because I think it could be one of the toughest to pick. Franz Malambo from SPG versus Darren O'Gorman from Trials MMA. Uh, both really young fighters, both really, both of them are really well-rounded. I mean, uh, Darren's jiu-jitsu game is unbelievable. Mm. Franz's striking game is exceptional. You've seen his recent successes in IMAF. Um, this could be the toughest fight to, to, to make on the card. Uh, it's the toughest fight maybe to pick, but it's also, it's, the, it's probably both of these guys' toughest fight. You know, with, I think for Franz, Franz is a similar to Darren, as the way Darren went through his amateur careers, so was Franz, you know, they, they were really starting to be noticed, and people were taking, you know, taking notice of what they were doing. So, for, it, it's a tough fight to pick. You know, for me, uh, the form I've seen Franz in recently is absolutely unstoppable. However, um, one blemish on his amateur record—I uh, could be wrong—but I think uh, Vladimir Lubishanti, uh, he had a stalemate fight with him where he kind of just out grappled Franz. And since then, Franz has come back and his striking has just looked so crisp, unbelievable. And you know, that's to take nothing away from Darren O'Gorman and. Uh, I'm, go I'm going to side with France, but for this fight and with any fight, I'll be the first to admit if I get it wrong, I'll apologise to the fighter and say fair play to you. I think this is a close fight, but I'm going to go with France. Method. Darren's a tough guy, so I'm not going to I'm not going to say he stops him with strikes, but a, a decision. Uh, it's a tough fight. I'm not picking it because because you're going with France. I think I think Darren has that pro experience, and it's going to stand to him. You know, and it, I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen much of France, but what I have seen of Darren, he, he can he, he can sub you or he can TKO you in the blink of an eye. You know, he doesn't need need much of a gap. Um, so I'm going to pick Darren O'Gorman. I'm going to say Darren O'Gorman 
second round so absolutely and Darren loves being the underdog you know a lot of people ha- had him as the underdog in that uh, the, the, the Neil Ward fight when he uh, he pulled out one of the best one of the best results of his amateur career uh, right, so we'll ignore the disturbances and we'll move on to uh, Fabio Vidi versus Keith Cody um, Fabio made his pro debut just last week or two weeks ago and he lost to Dylan Sheehan in a, I didn't see it now but I believe it was a it, it, it was a good battle um, and fair play to Dylan getting the win he's one of the more underrated guys on the Irish scene I'm going to I think it's going to be a stand-up fight. I don't. I think Key Key has script Chris boxing. Um, he can throw kicks. I think he's going to want to keep it keep it there. And uh, I think Fabio, because he's trained toy for so long, he's going to be confident enough to stay there. I can see it being a, a striking battle. I see. Yeah. Uh, see maybe a, a TKO KO late in the fourth round. Yeah, you know, a bit like a lad Emmanuel Kamara to talk about in a minute. Like Keith Cody's been around a, a very long time, and um, you know he's he's out and two as a pro. But you know both both fights are against absolute veterans. Uh, Paul Kaiser and uh, Andy Young. Uh, so there's no shame in losing to either of those guys, especially so young, so young in his career. But you know, with a record like Owen too, uh, Keith's at a stage now where he really needs to uh, needs to kick on if he's going to have a successful pro career. And I haven't seen him on amateur at, a, at an amateur level. There's nothing to stop him. He's all the tools in the world. You know, he's he's been around a, a, a long time. He's a smart fighter. He's beaten some of the best guys in the amateur. Um, in his division under amateur rule set, so I'm going to go with Keith Cowley to yeah, get a finish and uh, get the first win of his professional career here. I agree. I concur, Phil. I concur. Very good. So now, moving on to one of the most widely anticipated debuts in Irish MMA, possibly the most anticipated professional debut. This is probably more anticipating CM Punks. <laughs> you said it, yeah. Well, to be honest, it's up there. I, I'd make the case it's behind CM Punk is probably one of the most anticipated MMA debuts in the world. Much bread as a boy, you know, it's a, it's a highly anticipated fight. James Gallagher of SBG takes on uh, Jared Gilmore. Uh, Gilmore's 1-0, it's Gallagher's debut. How do we see this one going? Um, I've seen Gil- one of Gilmore's fight, um, Jared's fights, and just from looking at his ground game, I can see it. if it goes to the ground, it's going to finish in the fourth round. Early in the fourth round. He, he seemed very nervous as a fighter. He didn't seem very confident as a fighter. And uh, kept leaving his arm out, really sloppy on the, on the bottom, kept leaving his arm out. And if you do that with James, he's, he's going to take your arm clean off, you know. So I'm going to go with uh, Jen Gallagher. Early sub. Yeah, Gilmore's professional victory is a, a unanimous decision victory over Niall Smith. And you know, Niall Smith is a he's a fighter of right. He's he, he's no joke. He's a win over Team Rhinos, uh, Sean Paul Power. He's two and one as professional. Uh, but I just think Gallagher is a completely different ball game to anyone Gilmore would have faced at professional or an amateur level. And I just think, yeah, it's it, it's it's the perfect fight for. Uh, for Gallagher to come in on the card and like you know as, as well I think as we say it's such a hyped up it's, so, it's such a hyped debut but you know when you've 25 fights on the card um, 
it's not like this is going to be the James Gallagher show, you know what I mean? Uh, which I think is probably good for James as well. There's so much hype behind Gallagher. He's a young lad. He's dealing with it exceptionally well. Still, uh, I think Jared Gilmore is probably sitting watching all the embeddeds and stuff like that over the summer and he's seeing James over there in the Mac Mansion he's with Connor he's getting daily sessions in with basically the, the elite guys and, and SBG you know and we've seen what happened with a guy who faced James before he literally got in the case and he, he bent down and tapped the mat to, as soon as you know the, it was said fight so hopefully hopefully the mental side of the game isn't going to take over Jared and hopefully he gets to the cage he, he, you know from his point of view, hopefully he puts on a, a good performance. He didn't go in and just you know be a, a stepping stone for James. Hopefully he goes in, he you know bites down the gum shield, throws hands, and does whatever he tries to do to, to win the fight. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So we're both siding with Gallagher on that one. So moving on to a fight in the bantamweight division. Two guys making their debut. Rush Fardikan needs Adam Caffrey against Dylan Chuke. Um I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, it's one I'm not really sure who's going to win. To be honest, it's another. I think it's a, it's a coin toss, a coin toss. Uh, this is my voice. You can hear his laugh. My voice. Sorry, Miles Price, ladies and gentlemen. We'll come back to Miles a little bit later on, but uh, right for now, uh, Dylan Chu, Callum Caffrey. Really exciting fight. Really, really exciting, especially for the domestic uh, fan. We've seen, we've seen Dylan go through his amateur career, and, and, and Adam, we, you know, both of them grace the cage in battle zone, you know. So I had the pleasure of actually calling them out to the cage, and then then seeing them go through their their amateur days, and now turning turning pro. It's hard to. It's a lose lose for each of them, you know. It's a tough fight. It really is a tough, a tough fight for each of them. The, I think for for Dylan, he has to he has to keep the range going. He has to be creative with a stand up. Um, the ground game as well, you know. Once he's on the deck, he has to be creative as well. He can use them long legs. Use the long arms. Adam, for Adam, you know, he has to get inside the pocket. He has to. You know, he has to be dipping and weaving, getting getting inside that range of Dylan's, walking the body, going to the head, or if he's taking it down, really staying tight because Dylan's similar to me in the build. We, you know, he's long legs, mm-hmm. long arms. Us type of guys, when we when we hit the mat, although you think you're tight, my leg can go around your back and probably throw the far side hook in. I'm sure Dylan can nearly do it as well because, as I said, he's a similar build. So Adam really has to keep it tight. Um, if I have to call a winner. This is tough. It's very it's tough. A tough one. If I call, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, two could be a submission, and I'm going to say a tore down submission because I think, I think both of them, they, they're experienced fighters. They, they're not, you know, they're not just coming into the game. They, they've done a whole amateur career where they've worked with, with good teams, good coaches that have explained game plans and you know, keys to victory and stuff like that. So it's um, for me. I think Tug is going to sub late in the tour. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those, you know, for guys like uh, who's, who's been around the the Irish scene a while and, you know, uh, from watching guys on Battle Zone and shows like this and seeing the quality and you kind of think, like, Jesus, there's so many guys on this card who could go on and take over the world, you know, mm. who, could, who could fight in the UFC and then almost... Uh, 
a downside of Ireland having such a strong amateur scene is so many of these guys are going to have to face each other early on in their professional professional careers. You know, another example of it is uh, the Neil Ward Sean Tobin fight that happened yeah. earlier this year, and it's just kind of you know it, 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 it's a product of the level of competition, and you know. Um, it, it's a real shame one of these lads is going to open their professional career w with a defeat because I think both of them will go on and have outstanding professional careers. But um, and plus the two flyweights, you know, the, that flyweight division, even you see in the US. I, I think it's bantamweight. Uh, the bantam is yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's up. bantamweight. Uh, Adam was Adam up, yeah. Bant yeah. Um, but. You know, that said, a defeat for both lads or young, a defeat for either won't stop them having a successful career. Uh, I think Adam wins the, you know, he's un undoubtedly one of the best boxers in the division. Mm -hmm. His footwork is very good. If he can keep the feet moving, um, he'll have to close the range, but I think I think he has all the tools to close the range. And I, I, I can see Adam winning by decision. However, that said, I can also see Dylan catching him late in the third with a submission, as I say. Or as you said, so if I have to come down on one side of the fence, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna side with Dylan Took here with a, a, a third round submission. Mm. But uh, it really is a tough fight to call. You know, it's it can go any way. As you said, if Adam closed that range, you know he has heavy hands. He's, you know, he mixes up his, his boxing well. But I think I think D Dylan. He's similar to, to Paddy Hill and who he trains with a lot in a way. You can see him sort. He. he you know, he replicates his style a bit. It's very creative and tricky, regardless if it's standing or on the ground. So uh, either way, it's going to be an excellent fight. Okay, pushing on, because we've been home before it starts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Cole versus Alex Leith. Uh, this one, I think, is going to be a, a, a great fight on the ground. Uh, just waiting for the producer to give us the nod. If Stephen Cole uh, will win the second round. You heard it from from Andy Ryan. Uh, I'm going to agree with Andy, and I reckon Carl's going to get the submission. <coughs> coming off, uh, you know, coming off the the performance on Battles on where I thought he looked really good. Mm. Uh, who do you have on this, Mr. Lowry? I'm going to go to say I'm going to say Stephen Carl. The, the reason I say it is uh, overall M MMA today, even Irish MMA, we're a small little island. The level is so high, and you know Stephen Carl is he has his team. He's getting whooped by his team. I know he's been down with us a couple of times. Alex has been here trying for his fight with us. Mm. But you, you see, with Alex, he, he, he doesn't have a team team that he's being ground by constantly. And I think that's the difference. He's 0-3, you know, and I don't think there's someone pushing him. As in, he has a head coach and someone's taken over his game plan, his fighting, uh, sorry, his training regime. And I think, I think it's a, uh, that's his downfall. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have someone pushing him and, and guiding him. He's he's probably doing it all himself. So for that reason, I'm going to go with uh, Stephen Cole. Okay, pushing on uh, the professional debut of Sinead Kavanagh against uh, Hatice Osiert. Um, Obviously, you know Sinead with the boxing background. Uh, again, was a strong performer in Las Vegas this summer at the IMAF. Her opponent is a Dutch girl who's one and three, all three defeats coming by way of submission. So, you know, I think this would be an opportunity for Sinead Kavanagh to show the world exactly how well rounded she is and get a submission win. So that's my call. Well, she she's coming off the hype of IMAF as well. You know, she was part of the you know she was part of uh, the team that were out there in Vegas. So, you know, she's coming on coming in the high. 
in our hometown. She's going to want to prove a point, and I can see Sinead probably doing it as well, you know. Pushing on, uh, we have Johnny Dargan, uh, who takes on Englishman Ricky King. Uh, Dargan's 1-2 after his defeat to Carla Roach on Battlezone, and uh, Ricky King is 1-1. One 1-1. And one. One and one. A heel hook loss and a TKO win. Mm. Hasn't been out a minute in the first round. <laughs> 49 second heel hook and a 28 second uh, TKO. He's um Yeah, I'll be honest, I've seen nothing of Ricky King, too, so I'm not going to pretend like I have, but you know, uh, Johnny Dargan, uh, to be doing what he does at his age and just for the love of the sport and an absolute gentleman and, you know, after having uh, a very difficult year and to still be doing what he does, I, I, I think uh, Johnny Dargan is, a, is an inspiration and he's a real larger-than-life character in Irish MMA and, you know, I think... Uh, to, to someone, uh, someone who has you know all the co commitments he has, and to be so dedicated to the sport and dedicated uh, to his team, uh, I, I, I'd be hopeful that Johnny can get, get this done and uh, get, get a victory. But uh, I'll be honest, I've not seen much of Ricky King, so I'm going to this he, point. I know he, he's coming into a hungry because I know <coughs> after the fight in Battletown, he, he was looking to, to fight again. Um, Timmy matched again for a rematch, so he's going to be coming into this fight to prove a point, you know. He's gonna, the one thing about Johnny is, for a guy of his age, you, you look at him and you, you don't you don't think much by, by looking at him, but the speed that he throws his hands is unbelievable, you know. And if, um, if Ricky King comes in looking for an early exchange and John, Johnny hits him, it's going to be it's going to be an early night. I'm going to go first round KO for Johnny Dargan. Very good. Okay, so we're now going to jump back to uh, Patrick Wickstead versus Connor Dillon, and uh, you know I'm going to uh, go back to the. F uh, I think it could have even been Patrick's the last fight he had at an amateur level, which was a few years ago. I think it was Battles on Five, Team Ireland, Team America, himself, Tommy Martin, and Johnny Halligan. Or, sorry, Team Ireland, Team UK, and himself, Johnny Halligan and Tommy Martin wiped the floor, went 3-0 against Team UK, and the uh, Patrick Wick said, we saw that night, was just unbelievable, looked, you know, looked ready to make the jump to pro then, uh, and you know, obviously he took his time out, he's been back now training for a while, had his professional fight over Lithuania against a very good guy, didn't go his way and he's back now and uh, a bit like a bit like Key Cody, he's on two and it's time to it's, it's time to really push on and there's no doubt in my mind that Patrick is gonna get it done and get a big win against an experienced pro in Connor Dillon here. I even remember before before Battle Zone going back to a fight night that, that Andy put on in the Beauty's Hotel before a guy called Barry McGugan from the north, who's a really experienced guy. And Patrick, as a you know a teenager, absolutely wiped the floor. No disrespect to Barry, but Patrick absolutely dominated him. And you can see from, even regardless from the fights, what you see in the gym, Paddy is, is an amazing, amazing athlete. It's a... Um, and the, the the Lithuania fight that didn't stand to me either because it, it was it, it was different rules. It wasn't it wasn't pro MMA rules. They weren't allowing headshots in the ground. And what happened was when Paddy went to the ground, he couldn't strike. He couldn't implement his game, his ground game. Uh, you know, and, and it just went the other way. 
now that he has pro rules, he can throw elbows. He can. He, the thing, what happens here is you see Neil Terry. Neil Terry on his back doesn't sit there. Neil Terry walks everything. Same with Reds, he walk everything. That's the, the way Andy teaches them. To, when, when we're on our back, we're walking. You know that Paddy didn't have that uh, ability in Lithuania. So coming in now, he's a he's a point to prove. He's training with the guys non-stop. You know he's, he's part of Reds Arden series camps. Uh, every morning training with Andy. The dedication is there. It's a different Paddy now. It's not the Paddy that used to go out and maybe have a drink the weekend. Then although he would show up in the gym, he'd still go party the weekend. But you see him posting pictures at seven in the morning on strength and conditioning. And Paddy's big mug is in the is in the picture. You know, so it's a di- it's a different Patrick Brooks there. There's dedication there now and there's a hunger and there's a drive. Um, he was only getting in at that time before. Yeah, you, you know, but we're still uh, you, you see it's like it's like what happens with a lot of guys that are, just have this raw talent, they can they can do it. Look John Jones, John Jones goes out and you know, puts a bag of hoo-ha up <laughs> his nose and then goes and trains and you know, messes about, goes out and fights and wins and makes it look easy. That's what happens, you know. But um now it's a, it's a different party and to be honest, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be an early finish. I think he's gonna go out, they're gonna touch gloves and Paddy's just gonna like Connor up. Definitely one of the uh, one of the potential KOs of the night in, in my eyes, so I'm gonna go with Paddy for that as well. So uh, tracking back to we're gonna jump on now to Gavin Heaney Kelly against uh, Sean Tobin from Trials MMA. Um, Sean Tobin uh, you know, he since he took over the reins, really himself and uh, Kieran O'Brien Senior down there at Charles MMA. Uh, you know, working close with uh, with Ed, Ed Herman and Ryan Schultz. Uh, I was down there last summer when they visited, and you know, really impressive outfit. And you know, had a really good amateur team, and now it's time for the, uh, the pro team to kick on. And Sean Talbot spearheading that. And um, yeah, you know, Gavin Kelly, he's had a. You know, I think he's six and three. He's had a very, he, he's looked very impressive. You know, he had his inside MMA finish. Mm. Uh, he gotten a lot of coverage, but uh, I just think Tobin out wrestles him in this one. And to be honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tobin get the finish. I think we're going to see an aggressive Sean Tobin out to make a statement, out to push on because, you know, Sean Tobin's at the stage in that career where, in his career where, it's kind of, he's gonna. He's had his first few professional fights. He's an established professional now, and he needs to start making the statements, which is going to propel him higher up the card. That you can, you know, be in the position where maybe uh, the next Bama card, where the likes of you can start putting a bit of market in the realm. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think Monster MMA really needs that, and he can put himself in a position where he can become an established guy. The equivalent of maybe where. Uh, Miles Price, Philip Peter, Chris Fields. He, he, he needs a strong performance which will propel him into that category of Irish fighter. And uh, I have every confidence in Sean to do that. Uh, as I say, Gavin Kelly's no joke. It's going to be a difficult fight for Sean, but um, I, 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 I'm going to go with Sean here. Well, I think when you mentioned the wrestling, I think Gavin Gavin's wrestling, I think he may be underrated. He, he does have good wrestling. I know he does be training up north with the. Uh, the NI wrestling guys, so I think I think the, the wrestling is going to uh, they could count each other out when it comes to the wrestling. I think Gavin Striker may be a bit crisper, maybe a bit cleaner. And I think he used the legs maybe a bit more than what Sean does, um, as in he, he mixes up the range of you know leg and head kicks. Uh, this is also a tough fight to call. Um, the two boys, two boys are you know they're tough opponents. 
and they, they, they're sort of they, they're similar in the way you know they, they have a strong wrestling base. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Gavin Kelly. I'm going to go um, third round TKO after a grinding war. Okay, so the next fight I want to talk about is the notorious Johnny Jitsu rematches Kieran Davern. Johnny five and nine, Kieran two and seven. Um, had a very high-profile fight um, on Cage Warriors. I think that was 2014. 2013. Johnny was still with uh, RFA at the time. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. I think that was the last fight with RFA. Mm. Uh, Johnny looked good. Uh, got the win, but um, Kieran will be out looking for revenge. And uh, I think this this one will be close. But I'm going to side with John Redmond to. Uh, to go two up on Kieran here. He's um, he, he has to come back. You know he, he he's lost two on the trot now, Johnny. He, you know he's he's to come back, get his head stuck into the game, you know, and, and win the fight. You know, there's no point in keep chasing the dream. You know, if you're if you're losing two fights, winning a fight, and you know people can tell you you're the best in the world. You know, but. He has to be realistic as well. He has to come out here. He has to put it, get his head in the game, bite down the mouthpiece, show the the right hands, not be sloppy, and walk his game plan. Listen to the corner man. If he goes out and he just jumps into a war because he had a war in Jordan, although people love to see that, he has to climb the lead. If he wants to be legit, you know, and be and be, you know, he wants Barma to to push him as, you know, as a good welterweight prospect. He has to go down. He has to put on a proper performance now. This is, the, you know, he's back fighting on a big European stage now. Bama going to give him a big stage, and Zuck him to go in and, you know, put on a good performance. Let people take notice. And go, you know what? The videos are mad and all. I love them. They're a bit of crack. But you know, he's had to change his MMA game. He's not going out and just sort of being a bit, bit crazy and trying strong kicks and punches for the sake of it he's going in with a game he's setting up the stuff absolutely and you know don't get me wrong if uh, Johnny Redman goes out there and he's he, he's wild uh, Kieran Davern no question has the jiu-jitsu game mm. to uh, to catch Johnny if he's sloppy and uh, make him pay for it and submit him I, I just think uh, I think maybe John Redman knows that everything you've just spoken about I, th- I think he knows this is time and we're, we're going to see a focused John Redman on the night who's going to uh, utilise his, his, his striking well outstrike Kieran and you know uh, he managed to, to to win my submission himself the last time uh, with with the guillotine, but I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing how these two get on 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 the feed and maybe uh, a few good striking exchanges. So I'm you gonna, gonna you gonna pick. I, I I'm gonna go with John Redmond second round TKO. Johnny Jitsu second round TKO. Um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a submission again. I think I think if John's gonna win, he's gonna gonna submit him again, and I'm gonna go with a rear naked choke. Second round, very naked choke for Johnny Jitsu. Very good. That's my prediction because I'm going to be watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> right, pushing on, Steve. Connor Cook, Paul Byrne. Um, talk to me, Steve. Connor Cook, 6-6 six and six from Next Gen. Paul Byrne, 5-0, undefeated from SBG. The interesting thing about it is Cook has only ever lost by sub. He's more than willing to stand and trade with anybody. And I think he... He, do, he doesn't hit as hard as Bourne, but I think his strike may be a bit cleaner. 
maybe a bit crisper. Where Bourne is a heavy, you know, he's heavy hands and he's, he's relentless, you know, he, he chases he chase you down. If I'm going to call it, uh, I'm going to go with Paul Bourne and I'm going to go first round KO, late in the first round. They're going to exchange for four minutes and someone's going to get knocked out. I think uh, Paul Bourne's going to finish in the first round. Yeah, you know, uh, similarly, like uh, Paul Bourne, He's kind of going under the radar a lot, uh, you know, 5-0, and 5 KOs, uh, striking background and just the intensity in which he throws every strike, he throws every strike to hurt his opponent, he throws every strike to finish the fight. Um, and every KO is in the round, round one or two. Yeah, you know, I think Conor Cook, no doubt, has fought the better opponent, he's fought guys like Lee Chadwick, uh, Conrad Iwanowski, um, so I think he definitely has the experience advantage. I think if he can weather the early storm, I give him a real chance in this fight. If he can take Paul Byrne into deep waters, mm -hmm. but I just think the form Paul Byrne's on, I think this is the night he makes a statement, and I'm gonna echo your sentiments and go for a Paul Byrne first round KO. Yeah. Now look, Connor can, you know, he can excuse the pun, but he can cook him slowly. <laughs> he can. If he can do that over three rounds, you know, there's a key to victory there going that way. But I think Paul is going to come out and he's going to he's going to light him up in the first round. And I think his hands are so heavy, I can't see I can't see Connor uh, taking it for too long. Right, pushing on uh, Kane Musa versus Magic Miles Price. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Larry. This is one I was going back and forth in my head about, you know, I think Kane Musa, although he mightn't be the, 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 the most established name, I think he's no joke, I think he's going to give Miles a lot of trouble, and I may have initially sided with him to uh, to get the win, but after seeing Miles come in the room and seeing the shape Miles is in, I, I think I might have to revise my, uh, revise my choice for this one. <laughs> There's a... There's a few things to take into account. The two of them have been fighting since since 08. Right? Miles has a lot more experience than him. A lot, lot more. Like, Miles is where... Miles has had 13 fights. I think Kane has had half that number, less than half that number. I can't even see where I had him. He's here somewhere. Yeah, you know, he's 6-0, he's unbeaten Kane, but Miles, you know, he's, he's 13 fights on the trot. Um, fighting since Zoe, he's more experienced, he, he's more well-rounded. And I've watched a couple of Kane's fights, he's a big guy, you know, big, big guy. That takes a lot carrying that around as well. He probably had a big, big drop to make that. I'm not, I'm not too sure what he's dropping, what he, what he starts off from to drop down to. But, you know, I've watched his style and Raul McMoyle, seeing Moyles up in the mat there, Moyles is creative. I remember Moyles back in 2008, 2009, like, doing a, a flying rear naked choke to beat Martin Begley to take the belt off him in a um, in case contender you know so back then he was creative you know arm dragged to a flying rear naked choke and then up in the mat there now he, he's walking with the likes of Reds are, Reds are showing foot lock knee bars different type of stuff like that you know, he's walking with Siri, Siri showing different, a couple of different things as well. So he, he's learning and getting all these little beads of information from the guys, and you can see it, it, it's a constant evolution with him. I'm going to go Miles, I'm going to say Miles finished him early. Miles finished him in the fourth round. By the way, TKO from Mount, or he's going to, Kane's going to turn and Miles going to choke him out. Rare naked choke. Um, yeah, no, again, I come back to. We kind of, Miles has been, been around a long time, and to be honest, uh, you've been working in the gym. Whatever thing you're talking about sounds very, very exciting. Uh, 
if you're outside the gym, like myself, it's kind of a case of, and um, you know, most performance levels fluctuates, and that's because he's been so, he's not had a clean run of things um, going back till since he literally held the Cage Contender Championship back in 2011, just through injury, change of camps, through this and that, wanted to take some time out, improve his uh, jiu-jitsu level. So I'm very, very excited to see Maz in this fight. Really, really excited. Really looking forward to it. Um, is, uh, is, no, is, is jiu-jitsu, is jiu-jitsu, is that that coming from another level? You know, he's, he's done his own club, club about leveling out, promoted. Why don't you make any more? Another cops are coming in wrecking a podcast. You know you're a lawyer, don't you? Sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, obviously, Larry, you have the inside edge. So just to... to and I'm, I'm not calling you a liar, most well, the way I can get it done. But just to add a bit of a, to add a bit of, add a bit of difference. Yeah, add a bit of spice. Uh, fuel it between me and you. I'm gonna go with uh, with Kane Musa. And um, also, anyone who didn't see Warwick TV has a had a profile on their website. On, Close the door. On Kane, uh, and it look, uh, it's well worth the watch if you if you've missed it. Um, okay. Pushing on now, we're going to talk about a fight. I probably said this about every fight, but this is undoubtedly my pick for fight of the night. Tim Wilde versus Philip Mulpeter. Um, Philip Mulpeter coming off the, what I believe is a very close decision over in Portugal. Uh, I watched the fight back on YouTube and I thought Philip looked impressive. Um, Tim Wilde, I was lucky enough to watch Tim against Damian Brown, uh, the Aussie, at Super Saturday, and I just thought that was an unbelievable, unbelievable fight. I thought Tim looked so good, hits so strong, and Damian Brown took a, a if anyone could take a beating, it's Damian Brown, but Tim beat Damian from pillar to post. Really thought it was Tim's time to kick on, and then he'd a, he'd a disappointing submission. He got triangled by uh, by Sean Carter shortly after that. He's had one fight since then uh, on, on one of the smaller shows. Uh, Tim's boxing is his coach. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. He's the same guy who used to train Paul Kelly, Paul Taylor. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the Wolf Slayer guy, super, super uh, boxing, and just Tim Wilde hits so hard. It's 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 not often you'll see a, you'll see a lightweight hit that hard. That said, you know uh, Phil can take a punch. Just look at the battles on shows. Look at his fight with Richie Gorey. Look at his his um, his absolute war with John Donnelly. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, look, the, the way I'm looking at it is, and I've, I've, I've watched any kind of feelers in the fight, I've started seeing it this way. You, whatever you seem to bring, whether it's world class striking, world class grappling, wrestling, cardio, the saying always goes, honey badger, don't give a fuck. And that's what it seems to be every time with Phil Mulpeter. He just comes in, bites down that gum shield, hands are up, walks forward. Chose leather, take you down, smash you with elbows, turn you over, try to choke you, you defend it, he'll smash you over. It's relentless ruthlessness every time with him. And that's that's probably that's the reason he's a really exciting fighter as well. And a lot of people like watching him fight. And it's the reason that as you said, when when he had that the first ever fight by five minute pro fight in Ireland, Phil Peter was part of it, it was part of the history and the fight that it, that he made it was incredible. 
So even from then, you know, I was always a fan of Phil from then. So any time he's gone into a fight, I've always sided with him because he ha he always finds that he he has a similar thing to, to Carl Pendle where he always finds he has that will to win he finds a way to win. But Phil just has this ruthlessness that you know he just keeps going and going and going through the break. And I think that's the difference with him. He can break people. I agree. And um, so you're you're siding with Phil. I'm gonna go Phil or Peter. I think Phil or Peter makes anyone he fights. He makes it an absolute dog of a fight. Uh, he brings he brings it he brings it down to their to his level, and I think he could uh, he could fight honestly some of the best guys in the world and make the dog of a fight. Uh, that said, I think Tim Wilde is something special, and we're going to go with Tim Wilde for your decision for that. Well, if you go on to the next, as, yeah, uh, as Jay Z would say, as Hanato Lorange would say, <laughs> on to the next. Right, and we're now back live on Periscope, so more than welcome to anyone joining us on that. Right. Steve, a fight I want to talk about is the man who's actually been widely touted as possibly the next Irishman to sign with the UFC, Carl Moore, uh, taking on Paul Craig. Uh, this is a really exciting fight on the face of things. You've uh, two uh, highly regarded prospects. Carl Moore is 5-0. Mm. Uh, Paul Craig is 6-0 with five submissions. Um, you know, in there we have two triangles and a bravo choke, so I think as light heavyweights go, he sounds like a fairly decent grappler. Yeah, I watched a couple of his fights. I think he's, he might be a competitive grappler. He, he doesn't use his grappling as in the way Carl uses it for MMA. You know, you watch Carl, if he takes you down, he's opening up uh, holes with strikes where he can throw a hook, he can throw an underhook, you know, he can take it back. That's the way he's, he's using the striking. Where, um, Paul Craig, he, he seemed to, he, he didn't use strikes whatsoever to to uh, to improve position. Now when he did have an, I've seen the, the armbar uh, victory, when he had the armbar, once he had a hyperextended, he, he then went to, went to strike in the face. But for the, the initial setup of any position, he wasn't using the strikes. I think that's going to be the difference on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I was going to uh, build this as a striker versus grappler, but... Carl Moore's three submission wins as well, you know. Uh, so I, I think Carl Moore knows enough jiu-jitsu to get him out of trouble. I think his striking, it's really, uh, it's it, it's constantly improving. He hits very hard. He hits and moves very well. He uh, he does leave himself open. I think he, uh, his striking defense still needs a bit of work, but. Uh, I'm going to go with Carl Moore to get the win here and get a big win. However, I, 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 I'd like to see. I know it's difficult to match light heavyweights, but I think he's uh, he, he's still a way away from uh, from the UFC. All you got to do is even look at his fight with Richie Knox. You know, he lit Richie Knox up in cage warriors. That was a, a fantastic win from. But even back from I think it was 2011, he fought in at light heavyweight and battle zone. And seeing him then, I remember the guy shot in, he sprawled, killed the head, killed the posture of the head, took the back, and it was like, it was literally like a featherweight moving. You know, this was like heavyweight, you know? So, um, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with Carl Moore. I think, even looking at Paul Craig, the striking, it, it's it's not tight. The guard isn't tight, the elbows aren't in tight, the, the, the gloves aren't up high, and I think, you know, Carl loves that, that like Dutch style of, of strike and straight hand, left hook, blow, leg kick. But I think he's going to light him up before he even goes to the ground. So um, I'm going to go Carl Moore, early early finish, first round, maybe third or fourth minute. 
Very good. Now there's two fights and apologies, but I'm gonna only gonna gloss over them quickly. And the next two fights are Catherine Koskinen versus Simona Sokopova and Damien Rooney versus uh, Manel Cafe and that's simply just because of very little intel on uh, either of their opponent. Obviously both Catherine and Damien um, would have been you know, maybe knocking on uh, the, the, the UFC's doors. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, Catherine fights a weight class lower, but, you know, she had her, got her big break over in Invicta, didn't go her way. Um, Damien Rooney was, you know, really knocking on the, the, the cage warriors. He was, had he won his last fight, he probably would have been in contention for a shot at the, the flyweight title, but uh, Shaj Hack outworked him. So two, two Irish guys who are, on the comeback now and they're going to be looking for wins in their return. I'm excited to see Catherine back, you know, it shows the, that, that show was, show was hard of a champion, you know, she, she was, there was a lot put on her, you know, that was fight week, Connor's fight week in Vegas, she was over there fighting on Invicta, you know, there was a lot of pressure put on her, she was beaten, it was a tough fight for her, but it, show, it shows the heart of a, of a champion when you get back in the, in the saddle and you go with it again. I was actually, I rang Paul Kelzer today, for anybody listening, Paul Cowser lives in Rush, Catherine lives in Limerick, which is how many miles away, Fig? Hundred, a couple of hundred. Yeah, maybe two hundred miles away, I don't know. Irish geography and stuff like that. I couldn't tell you. But it's you know, it's a it's a four four hour drive maybe, you know, from Paul's to, to horse. Yeah. You know, she was up there hitting meets with Paul Cowser today in Dublin. You know, so that's she show us she has the drive, she has the mindset. And she also has the heart, so she has everything there. So I'm looking forward to seeing her fight. You know? Absolutely. And on a side note, uh, I don't think any fighter has gone about marketing themselves better mm. uh, than Catherine Coskin. So huge credit to Catherine there. And also, while we're handing out the credit, I also want to give credit to uh, Jude Samuel and his team because women's atom weight and flyweight two tough divisions to match and as i say i don't know too much about their opponents but they seem to have gotten two gamey opponents catherine's fighting simona um Sukupova. she's fought felice herrick before uh so you know she's five and three obviously uh you know a winning record catherine's had so many pullouts uh in, in her time so it's good to see her in, in, in there and you know possibly because of that you know uh, perhaps the jump on Victor was uh, was too much too soon because of the level of opponent uh, she was fighting on Cage Warriors and that's nothing against Cage Warriors because I know they had so many great fights that just fell apart and, uh, and she ended up fighting head the balls who jumped into the crowd after they lost and tried starting on <laughs> some of the Irish fans um, the good old days the good old days but uh, Damien Rooney's opponent Manel Manel Cape uh, he's 6-1 Five finishes, Portuguese dude. Looks like a fucking beast if anyone wants to look him up on Jerry. Like yeah. Uh, serious uh, serious barnet on him as well, but um, <laughs> looks like some flyweight. But I'm gonna go with uh, two Irish victories here, just mm. you know the Daniel Rooney he, he he doesn't get as much of attention that he uh, that he deserves, I think, you know, he's good good going I just think at the time he was in a, t- he was in a tough uh, how would you say area you know Paddy Houlihan and Neil Seary two of the, the you know the better flyweights in the country that they were fighting pro and he was fighting pro now they've got the call to the UFC Damon's going to come in now you know and start making a run for that it, it's, uh, a, you know, it, it's a pity there's not a maybe a member of the media who trained with Damon who might be able to push him out there a bit more because like, I know yeah <laughs> 
See, that's what that's what clubs need. Clubs need someone that's in the club. That he's well role, known that, in the media. That roles are trained. Yeah. Just say, do you know what? He's a bit of a personality. Yeah. Has a couple of thousand followers on Twitter and just did a dying piece. Yeah, yeah. And um, to, to give them a push, but we'll digress from Mr. McGowan. Yeah. And we'll move on to Alan Philpot versus Reese Sugden. Just another exciting fight. Huge disparity in records. You've got yeah. Alan Philpot. I mean, they're another similar in ages. They're both widely regarded prospect. But Alan Philpot, this is his 21st professional fight, Steve. It's Reese Sugden's fourth. Uh, Surely. To show you how long ago it is. Surely this just case my of last arriving fight, on the night. My last fight, Alan Philpott also fought in the card. It was his last amateur fight. You know, he's around a long, long time. Um, but, you know, this kid, Reece Sugden, I haven't seen much of him. Like I said before, because Bama haven't been on the ground in Ireland, although, you know, you, you would watch it, you've seen highlights and stuff like that, you're not getting... You're not getting a connection with these fighters because when they land in, in Dublin fight week, we're always up around the hotel, you know, yapping to guys, and you get that connection, you, you, you know, you create a, a bond with someone, you know, mm -hmm. then whatever they do in that career, you're always sort of helping them along, or, you know, sharing a retweet here and there, and it allows you, to, they have to create a profile, and this is, what, this is what's happened here with this fight, this kid resourced and he comes out, puts on a good fight against Philpott, Ireland they're gonna know about him. And he's you know, he's three and out, he's active, Bama seventeen, December twenty fourteen, the TKO, Bama eighteen, literally two months after that, he won via triangle. I think Bama nineteen, it could have been a, you know, his mum's birthday and he couldn't have been there that much. He had to skip that one, but he went to Bama twenty on April fifteenth and won via TKO. So he's coming with big hype. You know, he's coming in at a time where all these all these younger kids have seen a path to victory now with all these guys getting getting into the UFC and getting to you know to be an elite fighter. So he, he he's coming in on this hype train now. But I think Phil Pot is gonna be a bit too more a bit too experienced for him. You know, I think his striking may be a bit better, I think his ground game may be a bit better. The only thing with Alan is he, he has to come in and stick, but whatever Rodney tells him the game plan is, he has to come in and stick to that game plan. This is it, I mean, uh, Alan Philpott, uh, however good Reece Hugden is, Alan Philpott can be on, on his day world class. He has some unbelievable tools and, you know, I just think it's all about what Alan Philpott shows up on the night, you know, and even uh, the sense, you know, Alan's the type of fighter that I, you know, he's... I don't think he's shown the maturity that he can handle the sense of occasion. Yeah. And even I'll go back to uh, Akuma 4, where he fought James McEarland, and those Akuma shows take place, uh, full, full credit to the promoter, they're great shows, they're great fun to be at, but they take place in basically an attic. <laughs> the gap between the, the end of the cage the and the roof, if there's about that much. There's about half a foot between the roof of the cage and the, or between the top of the cage and the roof, and you know, that was an absolute pit of atmosphere, unbelievable atmosphere. Uh, however many people that fire health and safety would permit fit into that hall, where they're roaring their head off, stamping on their ground of this attic, 
uh, for Philpott and he almost got caught by McEarland uh, once or twice by submissions almost got caught in an armbar almost got caught in a Kimura but McEarland uh, you know he, he's no joke Philpott held his nerve was able to see out a unanimous decision victory he out grappled him he did dominate the fight uh, so I just think Philpott needs to be careful if he can if he can prove a bit like how I mentioned with Gallagher earlier in that because there's so many fights on the card this is not one man show you know what I mean and I, I, I think uh, that that'll be the strength to a lot of fighters is they're not going to be the, there's no main there's no real main event on this card yeah, yeah. because hopefully they'll get 5,000 in there but there's not, it's not like it's UFC Dublin where there's I think there could be close to 5,000 because I was listening to Matt Bourne uh, he was on the podcast with Noel last week and he was saying the, the, the numbers that they had thought were going to hit that week we're going to blow it out of the water so if they had 3,000 booked for the for the three arena there's no reason why they're after expanding out to five saying do you know what take away the big ramp you know we'll have to walk from, from the from the pit of the arena and we'll we get an extra 2,000 seats into it or something like that absolutely but you know it's not like it's UFC Dublin where there's 9,500 people yeah. cheering for Connor. you know uh, everyone's going to be you know kind of split allegiances and that kind of thing and I think hopefully Phil Pat the sense of occasion won't get to him and be able to get one of his uh Add to a submission win, so I'm going to go Phil Pot here. I'm, I'm going to agree with you, Fig, and the reason I'm saying it is hopefully he goes in and, and, and sticks to the game plan. You know, as I said, whatever whatever Rodney is telling him, the the key to victory is he has to go in and stick to it. He has all the tools. You know, it's 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 like uh, it's like it's like Rodney being the puppeteer. He's the puppet. He just has to do what Rodney tells him to do. He he, he has them all in the toolbox. All he has to do is listen to the corner, go in, and he, you know he's gonna win this fight. Okay, last fight I want to talk to you about now this evening before we wrap up is Christopher Fields versus Christopher Jacqueline. Um, the housewife's choice. The housewife's choice, Chris Fields. It's a great name. Uh, just to talk about Chris Fields. Uh, I'm going to start off by talking about him, and you know, Chris Fields was literally, you know, if you look back, he was the poster boy for Irish MMA, you know, he was the middleweight, he had his his rivalry with, uh, with Johnny Jitsu, he was headlining cage contender shows, he was a, you know, big guy, really friendly guy, exceptional, exceptional voice of the mm. sport, you know what I mean, and then, um, you know, uh, a, a, a real stalwart of Irish MMA and who haven't who you know he's he's done tough he's done you know he's had a few things go against him in recent years had injuries and I just think you know this is time for Chris Fields to really kick on you know uh, Chris actually okay obviously he, he, he he's done tough where he, he had the victory he had the draw uh, with Perezzi which was a very highly contested his Bama debut he was the first Irish guy in recent times to go into Bama was a big signing, didn't go his way. He hasn't uh, won a fight since September 2012 and I just think, you know, Chris knows this and I'm really looking forward to seeing a motivated Chris Fields go in there because as well, Chris is, he's actually, he's only fought in Dublin twice in four years, you know, so when all these Irish guys were coming through on the crescendo, Chris who was a guy who had originally been leading the charge and I just think... His big win against Jack Mason was in London. His other big win where he won the title. John I think, Phillips. I think was Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. I think that was in, in London or, or Cardiff maybe. That was I just think that was in the, uh, the since Cage yeah. Contender, Chris Fields hasn't had that 
huge career moment in Dublin and I really think 19 September is going to be it for Chris Fields mm. and he's just you know the best night of his career he's the last Irish guy on the card against a tough opponent now in Christopher Jackson I've, I've watched a bit of Christopher Jackson rangy guy oh, not too dissimilar to Chris has a no few nice ranges of kicks but I just think uh, you know he, he threw some nice kicks in the in the fight I, wa I watched but I just think Chris is going to take centre of the cage dominate him and knock mm. Jacqueline out with Jacqueline's back against the cage and I'm looking forward to hearing the roar of the three arena yeah. when it happens. Well, I, for me, I think the ultimate fight was a bad choice for Chris. I think that was the start the start of, you know, when things started to, you know, he was starting to lose fights. I don't think that suited him whatsoever and I know he had put a hiccup in his, in his career and then obviously, you know, having a loss and then coming out of the house, I know, it would affect you, you know, you're thinking about going, I don't want to lose this one. And you should have to put too much stress on yourself then because you've a loss. I don't know what whether that was the case with Chris, but I think that the house didn't suit him, you know. Um, the, the fight against Czech Collin, you know, and Barma, it just didn't go his way. He was caught early in the first round. You know, it wasn't the Chris Fields that, that we all know and love, you know. No, and, and, I, and that can happen to any fighter. Yeah, you, you know. It, We've seen it happen with Reds, you know, you just get caught and, and it happens to you. But, in saying that, I think, when I say, well, we, of the podcast, I've been talking about game plans. And one thing Chris does is he knows how to stick to a game plan. This, the stuff that he does, he does really, really well. You know, and he knows when to do it. Whether he's in a body lock and he's getting that little sneaky inside leg trip or the outside leg trip or whether he's putting them short elbows into your face from the inside of the guard or up tight, dirty boxing. These are all things that Chris Fields does really, really well and he knows the right time to do it. And it's just, you know, it's just, as I said, implementing the game plan. And Chris is a guy who, you know, the fight goes according to the game plan all the time. He doesn't seem to get... And perhaps that's why he's so becoming so highly regarded as a, mm. as a coach in SPG, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. He, he, he's very high in-fight intelligence mm. and um, you know look, looking at his opponent Christopher Jacklin there's a most of his fights are on line he's 6-2 and two. Uh, his biggest win is against Andre Benoit who was 4-2 and two when they fought um, he's a lot of he's, he, he's fought 4 guys with losing records yeah. you know what I mean or 50% records are worse mm. so I think uh, obviously he's no joke I think it'll be a good win for Chris but I'm I really think Chris is going to mm. go out there and make a statement. Oh, I, I think he's uh, Chris is going to be on another level. I think he's going to go and he's going to stop him, goes to the ground, and Chris is just going to open with elbows, or he's going to submit him uh, late in the first round. Christian Fields versus via TKO. You want to break bones and try to knock people out. I write down a piece of paper how this fight will end, and I will give that paper to you.